Are you well fed but emotionally hungry? Do you have a feeling that you shouldn't be feeling a certain way because everything has been given to you? In this episode, let's talk about being well fed but being emotionally starved. Are Filipinos truly bilingual? We use the same language at home but speak and love languages foreign to each other. Together but separated. Kamusta? I'm Rowan, licensed psychotherapist mom, immigrant twice, first generation Pinay raising my mixed Filipino American children in America. I found that after visiting 500 Filipino homes, I continued to be a student of the culture. In this podcast, we would be seatmates in this beautiful cultural classroom. And by the way, did I tell you I need my kaping barako straight from Batangas before each class? If you're interested in learning the deep intricacies of the Filipino culture, especially as it merged with American culture, talks about trauma-informed care and deepening your Filipino relationships across generations, which includes my fave topic, Pinoy Love Languages, you're in the right place. This episode is brought to you by the Five Pinoy Love Languages ebook. This is an ebook that's easy to consume where you will discover the unique ways Filipinos express and seek affection. Check the show notes for the link. Kamusta everyone? This is Rowan and I want to welcome you to the Pinoy Love Language podcast. How are you feeling love today or how are you giving love to someone else? Now, we're talking about being well-fed but emotionally hungry. If there's one clinical diagnosis that's very common in my practice as a psychotherapist, it's this. Women or men that are well-fed but emotionally hungry, often they come in in therapy, like say the first session, and often may feel even embarrassed. You know, like, I don't really think that I need therapy. Am I taking somebody else's lot? What is being emotionally hungry what does that mean it's that feeling of not being felt right that someone could really understand you somebody could be in your shoes somebody could uh, feel and and hear your heartbeat if you will it's that feeling of not being able to be listened to or someone who was supposedly there to protect you to nourish you didn't or didn't do so consistently now how does this manifest we often see this um, with women who cannot get their fill or satisfaction in their relationships and in their career so if you imagine someone climbing up the ladder but there's no end that can get very tiring so they might be in a cycle of you know unhealthy romantic relationships or they get burnt out at work because they can't seem to find uh, what it is that they need to really fill that void sometimes they don't even know that there's a void you can also see this uh, manifest in self-sabotaging behaviors like addiction poor self-care 
poor boundaries, even overeating. You can also find this with people, men and women, labeling the world as good or bad. So they have a black and white mentality because they weren't um, made to feel safe. And so they are not risk takers, basically. They need to see what's at the end of the tunnel before they can begin even stepping their foot forward. So which really makes sense if we know their story. Now, what are the common causes in the Filipino household? Of course, this is not just a cause and effect because every family is different. There's a lot of nuances. So let's explore some of them. First is the immigration process, right? When you're immigrating, leaving behind things that you have been familiar with in the motherland, to succeed, busy becomes the norm, right? And often... Parents are working two jobs. I remember the second time I was an immigrant. I was going to different places, sending my resume. I was just trying to build my references. So I could find a job that's really more in line with what I see myself doing. Part of that, if you have to leave your motherland, your friends there, everything that you know, the aroma in the islands... For some people, material things serve as proof. And so if you're a mother, if you're a father, right, there is this thing where, wow, once I get to purchase a home, I have something to show for. I I don't have to feel ashamed. Rather, I'm proud when I talk to my friends back home. Yeah, it was worth leaving the motherland because, look, I have a home. These are my cars, right? So there is that pursuing for that evidence, that proof. And when we have children, we may become very busy with that, that we forget, you know, that's really not something our children truly needs. Now, another part is poverty. If you have family, even like it's already third generations up, right? Like the Lola of the Lola of the Lola. And they've experienced extreme poverty. Now, of course, poverty in America is difficult, but poverty in the Philippines is extremely hard. Um, Not only it's based on lacking basic needs, but there is a lack of privilege and voice. And we know if you've ever experienced that type of poverty, that money buys voice and privilege so that the Filipino right works very hard so no one can take advantage of you. Usually you hear that with our elders. Yeah, work hard so you can have a position. Now you have a voice. And sometimes we frown upon that and we think that that's superficial. But if you experience really poverty in the Philippines, you would understand. You have very little voice and it's difficult to complain when the people in power they hold the upper strata right so from that standpoint from that anthropological standpoint you can understand and so once they get their footing they just are working and working because of the mindset becomes a scarcity mindset if you don't work tamad ka you're lazy. So when we have kids, you know, we're not playing with our kids. 
we're like doing stuff with our kids like they need to be in school they need to be busy they need to do their academics but what they truly need is also space and time to play so they're well fed but emotionally starved right another thing is that in a healthy filipino family rest is encouraged when i was growing up I'm, we're constantly taking siesta, which is this afternoon nap that we got from influenced by the Spaniards. And I see that there's a socioeconomic difference here in that families, I'm talking about families in the motherland that more are the middle class and upper, their children will usually take siesta unless, of course, they're in school full time. There's distress, you know, their mindset is no longer from that scarcity scarcity mindset where you can't rest you need to hustle right and and that's different with lower income because they see their parents are constantly working and so that is model and it makes practical sense right to be working when you don't have much but that's not necessarily friendly to the body and the mind and the thing about scarcity mindset is you may no longer be in poverty but it's the mindset right you're still there so when we return let's talk about the possible roadblocks to healing if you're now as you're listening you're thinking yeah i feel like i'm well fed but emotionally starved so we'll talk more about that when we return again don't forget your five pinoy love languages ebook super easy to consume all you have to do is click the link in the show notes. Also, if you are really enjoying this podcast, thank you for being here. Please don't forget to leave a stellar review. It allows us to be discovered by others. Welcome back. So we are talking about the manifestation of how it looks like to be well-fed but emotionally starved. Now, what are the possible roadblocks to healing? Okay, so let's begin with that. First, the mind becomes very occupied, right? I talked about being busy, hustling, you know, not resting. Resting could mean tamad or lazy. One roadblock is that the mind becomes so used to being busy. And healing takes pausing. And seeing a therapist, ask for that. You have to uh, really sit down and be more aware of the things that you're not usually aware of. So that's one roadblock. Another one is from a religious standpoint. You may feel guilty that you were given so much and how dare you ask for more. And if you have that feeling, I must share with you that the truth is you were given something you didn't ask for and scarce of what you really needed. And it's quite impossible for a child, for you, to know exactly what you needed, much more express it, right? I mean, some adults have difficulty expressing their needs. Imagine asking that of a child of you. So in this case, you know, the parent who was well-intentioned failed to give you even just the minimum of what you need. So that's one, right? Feeling guilty. Another one is shame for not being good enough. What is it about me, you might ask, that my mother or my father love me less? Like they couldn't even 
sit with me, feel me, sense me. I must be unlovable. You might not have that dialogue, but the body remembers that. And when you are in the brink of that feeling, you can feel really stuck, you know, unable to move, having this zombie-like feeling, right? That's a roadblock because part of healing is trying to reach out. And then another one that I'll mention, at least in this podcast, is that you also don't want to feel ungrateful, which is maybe part of that, you know, feeling guilty. That can keep you stuck, right? You're like, oh, I don't even want to express this other feeling that I have because I know that my mom did her best. And as she did, you can, they can coexist. It's possible that your mom did the best that she could, but she also was not able for many varied reasons be able to give you exactly what you needed. And that's quite okay. You can love your mom or your dad and continue to know that that's not um, what was given to you was not exactly what you needed. And that's okay. That doesn't make them a bad parent. And it doesn't make you a bad child. Let's go to what are some of my recommendations to heal. Again, this is not therapy. Seek professional support if you feel like you need that. But interestingly, my number one recommendation is to seek therapy. I mean, Therapy is magical if you find a good fit therapist. You would discover so many things about yourself. And rather than you keep going zombie life for many years, just do the work, deep work. It doesn't have to take a long time. That's number one, seek therapy. Number two, surround yourself with people who see things in you you couldn't see in yourself. You know, if you have a best friend, a grandma, a boss, who can see things. It's almost like the room is dark and you can't see anything. You know how if you enter a room and uh, someone else behind you has a candle and they help you see what's in that room. Look for that person. Third, emulate a person you want to see yourself. Like, oh, I, I want to be like that person as starter of course you're unique so the goal is to find you but as starter sometimes people really get stuck now think about if you have that person that you're emulate emulating how would she schedule her day right and when she's tired what would she do how does she speak to herself when she makes uh, a mistake now I want to let you know, part of my work as a therapist is to share with clients that everything takes practice, right? To create the habit. Whatever you're doing that isn't working, be aware of that. Do something else. But don't overwhelm yourself with like, oh, I need to do this and that. Do one thing at a time and just stick to it. You must begin to trust yourself first by giving yourself tasks that are simple, sustainable and easy to implement so then at the end of the day you feel like rather than like oh man i didn't get to do that you celebrate yourself the next moment is always the best moment to begin believe in yourself you are you are worth it and if you need one-on-one support for me check the show 
notes link for more to see for a good fit. But for now, again, believe in yourself and take good care. Thank you for hanging out with me. At sa uulitin, bye now!